I'm so glad to be here doing a podcast today. Welcome. For those of you who are new, this is the Julie Story Podcast, the comedic podcast for babes who are building empires. Welcome to my little happy place that I get so excited that my eyes start watering because I just love doing this podcast so much. If I could do a podcast every day forever, I would do it. Um, also, today I'm drinking decaf coffee. I am a really strong person um, and I had to give up caffeine, but I just couldn't do it today. So I'm having decaf, little bit of caffeine, but a whole lot of happy Julie because I missed coffee. And Andre always tells me, he's like, you don't need coffee. And I'm like, you know what? You also don't need peanut butter, but you like to have it and you like to have obnoxious amounts of it. So let's not judge anyone. We're not going to be judgy spouses. We're just going to be supportive spouses that make each other coffee when we want coffee, even though you don't drink coffee and I do. Okay. Okay. So we're here. You're here. I'm here. I have so many fun stories. Um, I have fun stories for you today. <laughs> I have a fun story that um, is going to um, melt your heart and warm you like cookies. No, I'm actually today on my way currently, on my way to many things, but on my way counting down to actually getting my hair did. Yes. For those of you who know, I've had blue hair for a bit, a minute, and I am in the mood. I'm in the mood like a T-Swift album seven change. So I'm like, okay, we're going to, we're going to do this. We're going to do it up. And as I was thinking about this podcast, which you know, you know, like I don't normally think about what I'm going to talk about, but I thought, Hey, I'm doing hair. Let's have a hair time, a hair story time, because I feel like what's one thing that all women can relate to and it's hair horror stories. I don't know about you. Um, except I kind of already said that I did. Um, I feel like most of us women have had terrible, um, a terrible time at some point that they've had a really traumatic hair story that they need to heal from. And, um, you know, I, I've always like pride in myself and being a very level-headed individual. I, I think I've only cried one time about my hair and that's not even the worst hair story that I have for you. But the one time I cried, I got a color that just made me feel really ugly. It's like always a weird moment, isn't it? Where you're like, I think this color is going to be amazing. And then maybe they do it and it's not exactly right. And then you feel bad and you're like, do I tell them that I'm not happy with it? I mean, it is my head, but can I really just leave it? Should I just leave it? And then we go in the mom's groups and we're like, should I tell my hairdresser that what I wanted, she didn't really do at all. And I feel ugly or should I just go ahead and feel ugly for the next eight weeks? And then all the other moms are like, you need to tell them. And you're like, oh, I don't know. Still, I feel like so many of us that can relate to that. I've had that moment. Um, but the hair trauma story that I want to tell you is the Mecca, the Mecca of hair stories. It's that story that um, I've never shared before and I never wanted to have happen to me. And hopefully um, as I share this story that you will, feel better about your worst hair moments and you'll also um, lived on to tell this tale should you ever need a story for cocktail time with your friends. So um, be sure and tell my name because hair is um, hair is a part of the Julie Story brand. And what I mean by that is I just really love hair. From the time that I was little, like, and I'm talking like you know, just beginning the stage of puberty, I have been obsessed with hair. 
It goes back to the time when Mary-Kate and Ashley had a show on TV. I don't remember that time. I cannot remember the name of it. Um, but they had the show. They were both on the show. And it was during that era where they would do, like, girls would do pigtails and, like, twists on the top of their head. And they would have lots of, you know, lots of hair accessories, like a headband. And then 12 butterfly clips. And then, like, a bandana. And then, like, whatever else, like, just stuff. Like, just they just went into the dollar store and just rolled around in the the hair section and whatever stuck, that's what was in their hair. So, um, but they made it look cute. That's a sidebar. That was during that era. So during that era, era, area, during that area of head that I was jealous of, I was becoming, and in my becoming, I was a homeschooler that had been homeschooled her whole life and I was extremely bored. This is something I've learned about myself. I get bored really easily. I feel like um, I just constantly need something that's entertaining or new or interesting. Like I just love um, the things. I just love the things. So I was really bored. And so I, I made up this um, competition, um, which I won a lot, but that's still up for debate. Um, looking back at photos, I made this competition that nobody knew about until way later on in my life. And the competition was called, Can Julie Do a Better Job Styling Her Hair Than Mary Kate and Ashley Who Have Stylists? So I didn't at the time know that they had stylists. I think I really believe back then that these girls that were my age were doing their hair that magnificent. So I thought, if they can do it, I can do it better. Anything they can do, I can do better. So I was like, Mary Kay and Ashley, you're amazing, but I'm going to take it up a level. I was all about leveling up. This is a true story. And I, I know that I'm like throwing in quips here and there, but this is not an exaggeration when I tell you every day for a very long time, I uh, I would start doing my hair at one o'clock and their show I think came on at three. So I would wash my hair, blow dry my hair, style my hair, and then watch their show and see who did the best. I think I won, I think I thought I won probably 98% of the time. I probably won 0.5%. I mean, if I'm being honest now, but I had an A for effort. Like I was going hard after styling this hair. So that's why when I talk about this hair trauma story that I'm about to tell you, I want you to understand the context of how traumatic this was because um, even when I was a nanny back when I was younger, I, um, I, gosh, I feel like I have to sneeze right now. And I'm like, I am not pausing everything. I'm just going to like hold it and uh, went away. Wow. It's hard, isn't it? Like when you're trying to do a podcast and a video and like you have to sneeze, it's like the worst. Now my eyes are watering. Anyway, when I was nannying, um, when I was, you know, homeschooled, I would nanny for this family and they had beautiful girls and the youngest daughter had this long goals hair. And her mom would actually ask me to wash it and braid it for her because it would help the mom to have the hair done for two days so that it could stay nice. And the girl was little, she was like three and four. So really helpful for her. So I, they had a braiding book that was in their um, playroom and it was on their coffee table in their playroom. So I would look through the braiding book and learn new styles and braid this girl's hair. So not only did I style my hair my whole life, I also started styling this other little girl's hair. So then when I got pregnant with my little girl, this is also a true story. I can't believe I'm going to tell you this. When I got pregnant, um, there's this moment where I had like all these friends and we were over at somebody's house. We're like, let's pray over your stomach. Let's pray over the baby. Like, oh, it's so great. And I was like 19 years old. So 
Um, when I tell you what's about to happen, then you'll understand more. But the, all these women were like praying over me. And um, one of my mom's friends that's been friends with her forever, like she's praying over the baby and she like stops and she like opens her eyes and she looks at me and her hands on my stomach. And it's like this somber moment. And she looks up at me and she's like, what is it that you want for your baby? This is my answer. This was my, I wouldn't answer it different now, but at the time I was like, I really want my baby to have hair. And I kid you, I kid you not. I kid you not. So the woman's like, okay. So she just like starts praying. Um, This is, oh my gosh, my eyes are watering so bad right now. This is such a true story. She starts praying over my stomach and like declaring that my baby have hair. When Lelia was born, this child had so much hair. She was this full-headed, brown-headed baby with lavish, like, curls of brown hair. So um, so when as she was growing up with this gorgeous head of hair that never fell out, she's the most babe hair ever. Like, she has hair that I've paid for to have. Um, I would style her hair because I was thinking this will be great. I have my own, I can style her hair. I can braid. I can do all these things. Like I can continue the dream of being as good at hair as Mary Kane Ashley vicariously through my child. And then at around five, she got really over it. She's like, would not allow me to style her hair from five to about 11. So can you imagine the tease it was to see this gorgeous hair? She would not let me style her hair. And then now she will. She used to though, when, when she was like having a moment of, um, just wanted to be generous and it was like my birthday or something, she would say, mom, tomorrow on your birthday, I will let you braid my hair. And I was like, Oh oh my gosh. So I love hair. So here's the thing. It will be a thing. It will always be a thing. So I'm getting it done today. And I'm really excited to do something new, but I have to tell you the traumatic hair story that I've been alluding to. And um, I'm not proud of um, I'm not proud of this story. It was really bad, and um, I'll never forget. And I don't even know what year it was, but I remember the feeling. So I'll just give you some background that um, I went through a really challenging emotional time. And so I did what a lot of us do when we go through emotional challenging time. We think I know the best thing's gonna be for me is to cut off all my hair. Um, I wouldn't recommend anyone making um, that long-term of emotional decision on a short-term emotion. Like, let's not be chopping off all of our hair when we're going through a crisis. Let's also not be getting tattoos during the time. I didn't get one, but I just this is just public service announcement. Don't chop off your hair when you're going through an emotional time because the emotions will go away, but the hair is still short. So I had really short hair, which meant I, for me, I had a really hard time styling it. I tried. I didn't just, it just wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't a good time. So I did what, um, a lot of babes do a short hair, which I love. This great, this idea is amazing. It's get what you want quickly by getting extensions and giving your hair time to grow. This was a great solution for me. I was like, great, sew whatever you need to in my head. Let me get these lavish locks back because this was a huge mistake. So I got extensions and it was so fun. Loved it. Great. Um, if you've been following my story of how I became a branding coach and all this stuff, you know, it starts with a really traumatic time where I got my hair cut short and these people that I started following online that were amazing celebrities in the industry. These are the people that when they go to big events, people rush over to them and ask 
for pictures. Like in the beauty community, if you were going to compare, it's like the Jaclyn Hill of the photography industry. Like that's who these people were. So um, I, they were coming into town. I was going to meet them. I had prepared all these boxes. I handmade six boxes for them. I decoupaged pictures on them. I filled them with stuff that they loved. I wrote them a note about how much they meant to me. So I was like ready to meet these celebrities. I want you to imagine, um, go on this journey with me as I tell you what happened to my hair. I decided that on uh, that I was gonna meet them on a Friday, so on a Wednesday, I took the kids into the pool that was um, a part of the condo complex that I was living in. No big deal. I had been in the pool before the extensions. You can take your extensions in the pool. No big deal. So I had braided the extensions to the side and then twisted it up into a bun. So it's a bun braid on the side of my head. And I didn't go under because I normally just don't go under when I'm swimming with the kids or whatever. So just like playing with them. But in the process of playing, some of the water got wicked up into the bun. No big deal. Water gets in a bun. No problem. So I thought. So I put the kids to bed and I, um, it was like 11 o'clock at night and I'm like getting ready for bed. I'm like, let me take my hair down. So I undo the little pins that's holding up the bun and the hair doesn't move. It stays right there on the side of my head in this bun. And I'm pulling at it. I'm you know, touching it with my hand. Like I'm trying to feel around. I cannot feel the ends of my hair at all. When I touched the bun, the all that I felt was one big dread. Somehow, I don't know what it was. I still don't know what it was. The hair and the extensions melted together. I'm not exaggerating. This is this was this was the worst. It melted together to my head. Now, extensions don't do this. This is like unheard of, unseen have never heard of this in my life. I don't know what it was, but somehow this bun, it was not moving. I could not get it out. I couldn't even feel the braid anymore. That's how much the, the extension hair had melted into my hair. When I say melted, I mean, you cannot pull it apart at all. So it's 11 o'clock at night. I call or text my hair stylist and I'm like, I, what, I don't know what to do. Like I'm going to meet these people on Friday. It's Wednesday. What happened? I don't know what is going on. Like, and she, she was like, you need to come over immediately. So grab the kids asleep. They're still asleep. Put them in the car asleep. Bring them over to my parents' house asleep. I'm like, mom and dad, I need you to have the kids overnight. I don't know how long I'm going to be. My hair is melted to my head. I just need a moment. So the kids are sleeping at grandma and grandpa's house. I go over to my hairstylist and I'm like, I open the door. She's like, turn around. And she's like, oh my goodness. She had never seen anything like this before. I want you to remember that I'm meeting the Jaclyn Hill of the photography industry in a day. And my hair is glued like plastered to the side of my head. Like, oh my gosh, I cannot even believe this was happening. I was like, what are we going to do? So she's like, sit down. She had on, um, she put on a show. It's 1130 at night and she starts picking at my hair. She grabs oil. She grabs olive oil. She grabs every hairstyling oil that she can. I'm sitting in her living room. She starts picking at my hair for hours, hours, it is not moving. And so she finally says, 
I have to cut this out of your head. And I'm like, all I can see as she's saying this is my hair as a bob. And if you don't have hair, you cannot add any. And I'm like going through my head. I'm like, I cannot wear a bas- like baseball cap to this event. Like, And I know it's just hair, but it was just like this thing. I was like, what am I going to do? Like, what am I going to do in this moment? And after hours and hours and hours, she's like, Julie, this is not coming out. Like, I'm going to have to do something different. Like, this oil isn't working. We've been doing this for hours. And I was like, I get it. You know, this is not your fault. I have no idea. She's like, I don't have no idea. So she's finally like, I'm going to cut it. And I was like, okay, just salvage as much hair as you can. Because my, not only was it on the side of my head, but all of my hair was in there too. So she starts cutting. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, like I cannot believe this is happening. So she's cutting and she's cutting. She's like, okay. She's like, good news. Because your hair was in a bun, so she had like cut out half of it. She's like, because your hair was in a bun on the inside, your hair was salvaged. A lot of your hair was salvaged from being melted into this dread. And I was like, oh my gosh. So she keeps cutting, cutting, cutting. I. I don't know how she did it, but she was able to salvage majority of my hair. Definitely huge chunks of my hair were chopped off like underneath, but she was able to salvage. I was like, oh my gosh. So now I have short, choppy, some of the pieces chopped hair. I'm going to see these people. It's like two o'clock in the morning or like maybe like three o'clock in the morning. No, no, no. Cause I got home the next morning at six o'clock in the morning and I called my job and I was like, I am sick. <laughs> I'm sick. I cannot come in. I this is I'm ill. I'm physically ill. All of the illness. So I slept for a couple hours, ran to the extension shop, got more extensions, went back to my hairstylist. She put the extensions in and the hair was saved. But that was the most traumatic hair story that I've ever heard or ever been a part of. Have you ever heard of somebody's extensions melting to the side of their head? I've never heard of it. That happened. It was very traumatic and I'm still healing. Just obviously I'm still healing from all of that. So this is our reminder together to never judge anyone because you never know what the craziness that they just went through was. I went to the beach this past weekend with the kids. And if you've been listening for any amount of time, um, and Andre came to, of course, you know, the beach is kind of a traumatic thing as well. I, I don't know what it is about the beach, but um, I just, I just love the mountains so much more like live in Florida. I'm so grateful to like live in paradise, but at the same time, I just, um, the beach is kind of a thing because so many times when the kids were little, it took hours and hours and hours to prepare for the beach. We would go to the beach. Within five minutes, somebody got sand in their eye. I'd have to pack everybody up, go to the store, go buy Visine. Then there's sand all over the car. So then I come home, put the kids to bed after they got sand in their eye from being at the beach for five minutes, then vacuum out my whole car. Like It just wasn't fun. wasn't fun at all. So we decided to go to the beach this, um, this past weekend as a way to help bring back joy. Let's bring back sparking joy to the beach adventures. And um, the kids were swimming with Andre and we actually saw manatee, which was pretty cool to see that at the beach. But I decided, um, cause it'd been, it'd been a week. The week was the best of times, the worst of times. I decided to take a walk 
up um, up by like where the beautiful shrubbery of the beach grows because the sand was super hot on my feet and it felt amazing. But I just kept like walking back and forth so I could keep an eye on our stuff. In the process, I'm listening to the podcast, My Favorite Murder, which I talked about this on the last podcast. This podcast is amazing and giving me life and giving me permission to be more of myself on my podcast because these women are just telling funny stories, but also talking about um, like crime stories, which is, I just, I'm a huge fan. Love it. Love it. But um, I'm telling you this because I was walking. So it'd been a week. I just want to listen to podcasts, feel the hot sand on my feet. And this guy is looking at me and he's not like looking at me because I'm cute. Okay. He, he like, guys don't, I don't know what it is. Like just guys do not look at me at all. Andre says they, I'm like, no, they don't. Or at least I'm not paying attention. It doesn't matter to me, but this guy's looking at me and I'm like, he's not looking like, oh yeah, you're a babe. He's looking at me like, what the heck are you doing? Like, that's what his face is saying. And I was just walking and I had this moment. I'm like, I need to tell the podcasters about this, but like, I think he was like really confused at why I was just like kept walking back and forth with like my headset on. It probably looked very strange, but I realized like there are um, so many moments that so many people don't have the full story on. And like it can be really easy to look at someone and think, think something or judge them or even look at our face and judge them with our facial features that I feel like that that's so common but it's just a reminder, a public service announcement that you never know what's going on in someone's life. So if they're doing something weird and it's not bothering anyone and it's not hurting anyone and it's none of your business, just let them do it without your judgy looks, okay? That's what I wanted to say today as a reminder for us all. And like I can definitely say, and my white hairs will attest, going through so many different things so quickly. And I feel like, I feel like, the stuff that Andre and I have walked out um, being newlyweds, it's just a lot of different things. And um, I feel like there's been a lot of decisions that we've made that maybe somebody looking in would like look at us and judge us. But sometimes, um, sometimes we're just doing what needs to be done for us. And um, yeah, it sucks that other people will judge that, but it's a reminder for us all and myself included. I love to remind myself of these things because sometimes life is just so busy and so fast. Like we need a reminder. This is your reminder to not judge anyone because you never know what's going on in someone's life. And even as moms, like I feel like the mom, I've talked about this before too. The mom judgment is so much, like there's so much pressure on moms and you post one thing in a mom's group that someone doesn't like. And it's like, you might as well be stoned. Like it's just, it's so much. And gosh, it's not fair, is it? Because we just don't all, like, we don't have the full story. And someone might have had a really traumatic hair experience that they're still healing from. And you just don't know. So it's just like, give, just give everybody a break and give everybody a hug if they want it, only if they want it. Um, I've gotten to a habit recently um, that I no longer tell my children to hug people. I, instead, I, and I, I no longer just like go up to them, um, like if they're having a moment, like a sad moment. I'll ask them how, if they want to be hugged or is it okay if I give you a kiss and those kinds of things, because I want them to understand that their space, their space is their space. And I want them to feel free to say, I'm not in the mood for a hug or like, I'd rather have a high five. Like, great. That's great. So those are the Julie stories of this week. So I'm excited to get my hair done and not have a dramatic, another dramatic hair story. I would 
absolutely love to hear your traumatic hair stories. Please send me a voice message through Anchor. Look in my show notes. There's a place you can send me a voice message. I would love that. Or tweet me out on Twitter or send me a DM on Instagram. Speaking of Instagram, I did a little poll recently on Instagram, just checking in to see where you guys are at. If you're not following me on Instagram, I'm on there all the time. I'm answering DMs. If you want to DM me, I'm there. I'm ready. I'm here for it. But um, I love to hear feedback. And like I've said before, the podcast is a really interesting thing because I don't always hear feedback. So please send me a voice message because it really does help me. I feel like I'm just like you and that sometimes I'm scared. I'm like, does this resonate with people? Do people like this podcast? Is this something that's interesting? Is this something that's giving something? Is this just me talking or is it actually helping other people? So um, I just, I just, your feedback is life to me. So in, in the brand building world, speaking of getting feedback, I think that that's one of the most underestimated valuable things that we can get back from our audience as we're building them, whether it's leads or whether it's, you know, staying connected with our past clients, being sure to check in and saying, Hey, what is it that like, how can I serve you more? What is it that you want to see more of? What, you know, why are you here? That kind of thing. I think it not only helps us feel encouraged as the leader of our brands, but it also gives us amazing kind of market research to see, Hey, I'm leaning towards this direction. What is, does that resonate with you? Like you've been a long time fan. You've been here in the journey. Is this something that really is going to add to you or not? So I would definitely encourage you. So the thing that I did on my Instagram stories that really, really worked this week is I did um, those polls and the Instagram stories, but I started it off with really simple questions because the the general rule is if you can get um, if you can get your audience used to engaging with you in a certain way, then when you're asking for feedback, they're going to be that much more likely to participate because they're engaging. So the first couple questions I asked on my Instagram story was just like lip gloss or lipstick or coffee or tea or that kind of thing. And I kind of sprinkled those types of questions in between really big questions that I needed to know the answers to as I'm building my brand and creating more content that is geared towards serving my audience the best that I can. So, um, it was really like, I got so much incredible feedback just from people voting on, Hey, what do you want to see more of what resonates with you? One of the things that I've been struggling with as far as like a building and like, I, I want to do a newsletter more frequently and those kinds of things. But I, I have this like juxtaposing of like the comedic side versus the more serious and giving wisdom side. And so I asked that question, like, do you want more to the point emails or do you want like more funny, entertaining emails? Like, how do you want to hear from me? And I actually got almost 50, 50, 50, which told me that, um, there's enough people that both resonate with. And so if I do a little bit of both, it's really going to be able to connect to, um, that larger audience. So I recommend doing that. And you can even, um, as you're building your newsletter, you can do things like giveaways to um, gather data. So you can say, hey, listen, you know, I'm going to give away this if you go ahead and answer these questions, which is a really powerful way. I've done that in the past. You can just learn so much from asking. And I think it's really common thing that as we're building our brands, we sometimes think that 
we know what people want. And sometimes we really, um, we would be really surprised. And, and I've also been challenged in this thought too, because on one hand, you want to make sure and be serving your audience as best as you can. And on the other hand, you want to make sure to be doing stuff that you really love and that really makes you happy. So if they want something that's going to drain you and not make you happy, then you really have to be honest with yourself and say like, I know that they want this from me, but I'm going to feel miserable. So maybe my audience needs to expand and I need to go um, go find an audience that's really going to resonate with this thing that really makes me happy and really makes me excited about doing. So um, I would definitely say don't try and dress up to be everything that your audience wants to be. Instead, like invite them in the process of saying, hey, I'm, I want to do this. What do you think about this? And then give them, you know, those options to kind of let you know. So That's your nugget of wisdom for building your brand today. Be sure and create those polls in your stories. And until next time, I can't wait to talk to you soon. Okay, bye.